Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. This Saturday is the pay-per-view event of the decade as world champion knockout artist Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder faces Tyson Gypsy King Fury for the heavyweight championship of the world. After their incredible first fight, the two undefeated rivals square off for the second time in one of the most anticipated rematches boxing has ever witnessed. The long-awaited rematch of heavyweight Titans is set as undefeated WBC champion Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder and unbeaten lineal champion Tyson the Gypsy King Fury continue their rivalry Saturday, February 22nd, live from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas and on PPV. That's pay-per-view. Don't miss an historic night live from Vegas, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Buy it now on pay-per-view. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Oh, Fritzy found some people who agreed with him that Bruce Springsteen is overrated, or I just don't get Bruce Springsteen. Fritzy sent them to me. You only have three of them here. <laughs> well, one of them was uh, supposed to stay in my lane or something. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, damn it. Princey, stay in your lane. Don't talk down on the boss. Yeah. Our ball on me like that. That's not cool. Um, here's a, another one. Hey, uh, Princey's right. Springsteen's overrated. His fans make it worse. Uh, here's another uh, tweet. I also don't get Bruce Springsteen in the slightest. You know, it's too late to help out those people. But you go back to what Springsteen did in the 70s and that album, Born to Run. He was on the cover of Time magazine. He's the future of rock and roll. That wasn't slow news here. Like, you go back and really look at what happened there. Yes, Paul. But to be fair to Springsteen, he had a singer-songwriter era and rock era, and then he had kind of that MTV pop era when the video started. Born in the USA and after is when he's, I think the casual fan is, knows his work. Yeah. After well, 83. Greetings from Asbury Park and had my favorite song. Well, I love She's the One and Growing Up, but Springsteen's he's phenomenal. Like I told McLovin, you don't need to defend Springsteen, but it feels like to Fritzy, I've tried to enlighten him, and I, and I somehow can't do it. I've tried. It's been, what, 17 years that we worked together, and I, I just can't do it. I will say the song Hungry Heart drives me crazy, that people, when you go to the concert and that song comes on, people start cheering, and, you know, it's it's really upbeat. But then when you think about it, he's – He's got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. He went out for a ride and he ain't coming back. And people are like, yeah, man, yeah. Don't don't come back to the wife and kids. I'm going, why, why is this, this one of his, his big songs? Get out of there, boss. <laughs> yeah, follow that hungry heart. Go <laughs> eat. Yeah. Yeah. The divorce is actually spiked that here, so you're going to put that on. Never understood that one. Hungry heart comes on, and I am flipping the channel. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't even want to go... As soon as I, it starts, I'm, nope, not doing it, not going there. <sighs> Welcome to the show, already in progress. Uh, a couple things. I saw the press conference yesterday on the mothership where Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, they went toe-to-toe. It's always so funny when I see this where it's sort of scripted. You know, hey, we got hey, you get mad at me. You push me and then I'll push you. And then you saw that yesterday. I don't know if these two guys dislike each other. But it went on for too long, and you're like, okay, we get it, you know, trying to drum up business there. Now, I don't necessarily want to see the two fighters come out and shake hands and, you know, bro hug or any of that, but when you, I'm going to push you and you're going to push me, wow. And plus the handlers, it took them too long to get there. 
Like, if you're going to do this, you got to say to the handlers, hey, I'm going to push him, he's going to push me, and uh, I'm going to act like I'm going to throw a punch, and then you get in the middle of it. It, it felt like it was Rocky Part 3 or something. Like, we don't need this. And plus, when's the last time you saw the heavyweight champ where you went, wow, that guy doesn't look in shape. Tyson Fury doesn't look in shape. I know he's... He, he's actually, I think that's how he always looks. He had gained a lot of weight. He was drinking 20 to 30 diet sodas a day. Which kind of defeats the purpose of diet. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Just drink 12 sodas. <laughs> hey, I'm cutting down. Uh, I'm doing diet soda. How many are you doing? Uh, about 25. Oh, okay. Congrats, champ. But you see. Zero <laughs> calories. <laughs> it's like nothing. Yeah, and you go, come on. I <laughs> George Foreman sculpted. Ken Norton Jr. sculpted. Wilder sculpted. Vlad Klitschko. And then you got Tyson Fury thrown in there. Go back to Ali when Ali was, you know, in his prime. Yes, McLevin. I think being sculpted is not is over. I mean, look at the guy who beat uh, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz Jr. was chubby. Yeah. And But also, I think a later career, George Foreman was better than... Whatever he was fat and he was killing people in his forties. No, when look, Ali outsmarted him, right, right, with the rope dope. But George Foreman would hit people like what he did to Joe Frazier. Like he lifted him off the canvas with a punch. Like he didn't knock him down; he knocked him up, <laughs> not to knock him down. He was now George Foreman was a bad dude. He was. Ali just outsmarted him. But remember later in his career? Like, I think he was oh, I know. tough to take down. Yeah. I think he was pretty good. Yeah. Maybe. I, don't know. I know, but if you see Tyson Fury, it just feels like a guy that I would want to have a beer with. Like, you'd say, hey, what's up, mate? Hey, what's up? And then you sit down and talk to him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he stands up and he goes, hey, I'm the heavyweight champ of the world. And you're like, no, you're not. Get out of here. Yeah, Paul. You're right. Joshua looks like a boxer. And uh, Wilder looks like a boxer. But... Tyson Fury looks like a bouncer. He looks like the guy at the bar who you don't want to get in a yeah, fight with. Yeah. It feels like Tyson Fury would be the guy who's a bodyguard for Deontay Wilder <laughs> as he walks into, you know, the uh, the arena. Yes, Tom. Talking about Foreman, June 93, I'm looking at Tommy Morris and George Foreman. We didn't need to see no, that we at the didn't. Thomas and Max Center. No, we did not. But, you know, maybe this is the start of, the, you know, kind of the resurrection of, of boxing because it starts with the heavyweights. If you get the heavyweights in there – then it's interesting. And then the networks are going to carry this. Now, Klitschko wasn't exciting. Um, he was great. Didn't he hold the title for 10 years? But it, you just haven't had a charismatic figure. As And, and Deontay Wilder is trying to be that. But, I, you know, you need a Conor McGregor-type personality in there if you can get one. And he can also box. Like Tyson... The brilliance of Tyson was they set him up against guys who were really inferior to him. You know, Tyson couldn't beat somebody who was really good, but he could really beat up somebody who wasn't very good. And you had this this aura about him. You know, it's like Ronda Rousey. It felt like she was fighting the same seven women, but she was dominating, so you had to tune in to see it. When's the last time you tuned in to watch, you know, a woman in the ring with UFC? Probably been a while. Like Holly Holm came up. And like, you, we're not too excited, but it was created. Tyson was a creation. And they did a wonderful job in creating him. Uh, but when he got up against quality opponents, he never did well. 
but you know, maybe Deontay Wilder is the real thing, and and you know he can build upon this. He's charismatic, and we get some competition in there because that's another thing. It used to be a big deal to be the fastest man in the world and be the heavyweight champ. Still, kind of cool to be the fastest human being because it's Usain Bolt, but the heavyweight champ. It's been a while. It's been a long time since you really went. Oh yeah, I know who the heavyweight champ of the world is. Yeah, Paul. A lot more of the middleweights are the star guys these days, like Vasily Lomachenko. He's, he's like, I think he's lightweight, but he's You're been, showing off there. I can barely pronounce his name. But you, he, he's you the guy showing tuned, off there. He's the guy I tune in to watch. Yeah, he's exciting. Yeah. Like, but you had all these. You go down through the years of all the great boxers that we've had, uh, and to get those, you know, try to get that sport back because let's face it. I mean, it's this has been about UFC for you know quite some time there. All right, uh, some phone calls coming up. What's the uh, results of the poll question so far? Are you uh, okay with a expansion to 17 games? 61% are against it. Yeah, I gave uh, some information that I found out this morning where this this is all going to go through with the 17-game schedule, and they're finally going to add two more wildcard teams six years after I told you they were going to do it. Do you think the commissioner probably said at the time, what did Dan Patrick say? Uh, you, you guys, you know, the, the plan we have that we're going to – somebody who worked with the commissioner is the one who told me that they were doing this. And then after that, it's like, uh, no, we're not doing this. I, I was told that that's what they wanted to do. They were planning on doing this. Like for, on a flight back from Denver that opening night on NBC, and I'm talking to this person with the NFL. So that's going to happen with the 17 games, uh, but they're not sure when it's going to happen. Because you got, it's not going to be this year. Might not be next year, I'm told. And uh, you're going to have the extended playoffs. You're going to add two more teams to the playoffs, which means last year, if it was implemented, the Steelers and Rams would have made the playoffs. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We'll play some comments. Emmett Smith giving Dak Prescott some advice on his contract that I found quite amusing. Uh, Larry in Wisconsin joins us. Hi, Larry. What do you have for me today? Hey Dan, first time, long time, six four two sixty. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm in favor of Fritzy's argument here, and I what I believe it is is it's an East Coast bias, like everything else. You guys are <laughs> you guys are trying to make us want to like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Fritzy's invited to come to Farm Aid with me this uh, summer. We were there last year as well. Uh, Wonderful music out here. Give me John Mellencamp anytime. All right. Well, thank you, Larry. That's awesome. Who wouldn't want to do that? Um, it's not an East Coast bias because I'm from the Midwest, and I love Springsteen. Yes, Todd. Yeah, but he's from Jersey. That's the point I think he was making. Anything from New York or New Jersey or the tri-state area of the Northeast must be something extra special. Yankees, Red Sox, greatest rivalry in no, the world. I, I, no, I get the East Coast bias, but I, I think Springsteen is kind of universally loved. What if he came from Missoula, Montana? And I love the folks in Missoula, Montana. I'm just throwing it out there. If he came from from Utah or something like that, would he be just as big a deal? It's worth, uh, it's worth asking. I mean, I like John Mellencamp. He's from Indiana. Okay. That's you. I'm just saying, but there is a thing. I don't know, Jersey Boys, Broadway show, Jersey Kid, something about Jersey. There's something, you know. I like seeing a little bit more because he's from Jersey. Normally, I wouldn't, you know, care so much. But because he's from Jersey, you know, our friendship blossomed from that. Thank you, Todd. David... <laughs> David in California. What the hell is wrong with Todd? Hey, David. Hey, Dan. I have to uh, throw my weight behind uh, Fritzy and McLovin on this. I don't understand 
how Bruce Springsteen along. <laughs> the Beatles are as big as they are. I think it's all marketing. I think somebody grabs on and then they spread the words to their friends like, oh, this guy's cool. And then you just kind of feel like you have to latch on to it and enjoy it. So okay. uh, right. I agree for it. Today. All right. Thank you, Dave. He doesn't like she loves you. You know that can't be bad. She loves you. You know you should be glad. That's what he's saying. He's not that impressed by those uh, lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how old they were when they wrote that song? I don't care if they were seven. (laughs) I saw a thing about the Beatles. They wrote that song at age 15, and their dad tried to make it, she loves you, yes, 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 because he liked proper grammar. And they said, no, it's got to be yeah, 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 because that's what cool kids say. They were 15 when they wrote that. Kiss on my list is not uh, Mozart. It's borderline. Sarah's (laughs) smile is not that deep. Family man, though. If you had, saying, if you if you had good music taste, then I would respect. I, I would that. respect your comments. That's there. Fair, but there are some people out there on my side that may have stronger uh, musical backgrounds or taste. Dar- Daryl Hall doesn't agree with you. If I asked Daryl Hall of Hall and Oates, he'd say the boss kicks our butt. Yes, he would. He would. Oates though would be like, wait a second. Oates, sneaky cocky, that guy. Yeah, on the glove. That's the real poll question. Oates versus the E Street Band. Who do you got? Like in a fight? Uh, who's better? Actually, take out Clarence Clemens and then Max Weinberger or Oates? Or Max Weinberger. Max Weinberger. Yeah. Oates' version of You Lost That Love and Feeling. I'm just going to say. I'll, I'll leave it to you to Google that later. Did you hang out with Oates lately? Yes, uh, I did in, in uh, Paris. I, I, I saw him. He was staying at the same hotel, and uh, we had breakfast together. And he came up to me. Because I, I saw him, and I go, um, I, I couldn't remember if both were kind of standoffish. I knew that Daryl Hall was, and uh, and I I saw John, and I was like, I'm not going to bother him. And then he came up, and he wanted to talk SEC football. <laughs> I go, of course he does. Of course, in Paris, you see, uh, you know, John Hall, uh, John Oates, and uh, I did see Daryl Hall, but he he was whisked in through a side door, and security held. I couldn't get on the elevator because. I guess he's the only one who could be on the elevator. So the security guy's like, no, not now. <laughs> and I just see him come in. He's taller than you think. And I, they whisk him onto the elevator. And then I actually told uh, Oates, I said, yeah, I saw Daryl. He goes, did he say hello? And I go, no. He was whisked into an elevator. And then he just started laughing. So, all righty. Welcome to the program. Already in progress. I don't know what the hell we're doing here today. But we're doing it. Uh, Scott in Idaho. Hey, Scott, what do you have for us? Hey, Dan, great show. Uh, I was going to talk about the anniversary numbers when you were talking about 10, 10, 20, because my daughter was born on the fifth day of 2000, the fifth uh, day, the fifth month of uh, that year. But better than that, I was talking about, uh, or you were talking about Springsteen and the Glory Day song where he talks about that, uh, bring that speedball by you. If you watch the, uh, his halftime show, it always reminds me of, I always thought that was a weird play on words also, but if you go back to the uh, 2009 Super Bowl with the Cardinals and the, the Steelers, he he opens with, he also tosses the guitar to a stagehand. He about falls on his butt, but he talks about uh, uh, put down put down your uh, avocado dip, your guacamole dip, and put down your chicken fingers. I always thought that was kind of funny. Who who eats chicken fingers? Oh, thank you, Scott. Thank you. It was a, a wind-up and 
Not a pitch. <laughs> no pitch. But, but thank no you. No speedball there. No speedball by you. Make you look like a fool, boy. I mean, who eats chicken fingers? Yeah. What? I think there are a lot of kids in America. <laughs> My kids haven't eaten anything but <laughs> chicken fingers. And she's eight. She hasn't had no other meal. I'm at about five times a month myself. Yeah. <laughs> Michael in New Jersey. Mike, what do you have for me today? Hello, Dan. Hey, Real pleasure, man. I enjoy your show a whole lot. I think I got a lot in common with you. I'm an, I was born in 1960. I think you got me by a hair, but I'm an old hoopster that, uh, you know, never did a lot with it. But I'm a big fan of Pete Maravich. You always talk about Pistol Pete. He's my favorite player of all time, and that's just something I really enjoy hearing you speak about. You, you just I think you talked about him yesterday at the Hall of Fame. It was awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, but I called to talk about Bruce. Okay. I'm from, okay. I'm from, I'm from Central Jersey. I, I, I would never say Bruce is overrated because he's not. One, Bruce is old. He's getting old, you know, and I, I agree. He At this point in his career, he might be a little overrated, kind of like. Oh, come on. Like, wait, wait, no, this is an open seat. Thank you, Michael. First of all, can we get to the point when we call in here? Okay, I mean, I appreciate you want to recap some things here. Just get to the point. Dan, in fourth grade, I read a story about Larry Bird, and it reminded me of Bruce Springsteen. And, I did a book and, report, and, and then I just went to... Well, my mom punished me that day because I didn't turn it in on time. But very get to the point. Yeah. Anyhow. The Very Hungry Caterpillar, a great kid's book by Eric Carl. Yeah, so uh, Springsteen is not overrated. He just came out with a country album that I thought was awesome. He did a, a film about it. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he did a film about it. Uh, you know, what he did on Broadway. I mean, he's done so many amazing things. He won an Academy Award, I believe, for the song Streets of Philadelphia. Like he's, he's, he's an incredible talent. And, you know, eventually you stop making great music. You know, you, you lose the energy. You lose the ideas. You lose the words. To do what he's doing. I mean, Dylan is still writing great songs. He doesn't sound good, but he is still writing great songs, according to the reviewers. Yeah, see. Is there a, like, beloved band or artist that uh, everybody loves but you think is overrated? Green Day. I'm just joking. Yeah. I got to stay in my lane here. Sort of like Springsteen, right? Everybody loves Bruce. I think so. Except for Todd. Kind of universally loved. Yeah. Do you have one of those that you're like, God, everybody loves this person or this band, but you're not really into it? I have two. I wasn't big on Oasis. Okay. I've got kind of, you know, like those guys are, you know, the little snots, you know, that they were telling me how great they are. I kind of love that, though. About them. Yeah. I like the fact that one hit the other one with a hammer. <laughs> like, now, that's the way brothers, that sounds, if I had a hammer, I'd hit my brother. Who's, okay, so you have a band that. I have a band and a singer. That you don't like. That I just think I'd. Overrated. I could take or leave them, but I don't really understand why okay. there's such a thing. A singer? Are they still a thing or were they a thing for a long time? Uh, one is still a thing. Let me, let one me, was a thing for a long time. Let me take a break here. All right. This is tease worthy. People are going to be mad at me for one. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, even better. Let's wait for you to show your hatred for uh, Tom. And uh, get the email box ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get Mario back there collecting the email and the tweets. Take a break here. 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show.
Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. You know, believe it or not, despite my appearance on the Dan Patrick Show, I'm actually a very active person. I do a lot of hiking, and actually right around here we play a ton of pickup basketball, usually a couple times a week. And so I'm always looking for something to give me a natural edge because Perloff is pretty much unstoppable here, and I really want to beat him. It gets my competitive side going a little bit. So that's why I started taking Beat Elite from Human. Humans Beat Elite can help extend endurance, improve energy and stamina, and increase energy delivery throughout the body. So that's why I take it right before, about 20 to 30 minutes before we play some pickup basketball. It helps me get through, I don't know, three, four, five games, keep my energy up. Uh, it's got something to do with blood flow and oxygen transport and optimizing things. I don't know anything about that scientific stuff. But I do know that Beat Elite is trusted by hundreds of elite teams and athletes and organizations all over the world. So you know you're getting a top-notch performance product. So do what I did. Take your game to the next level with Beat Elite by going to livehuman.com Dan and get 20% off your first purchase. The team at Human is making this offer exclusive only to our listeners, so you won't find a deal like this anywhere else. That's LiveHuman, livehuman.com slash Dan, livehuman.com slash Dan. That's amazing, amazing video of Ryan Newman walking out of the hospital. Like, I saw him standing with his two daughters after that crash on Monday, and I thought, I, like, how long is he going to be hospitalized? I get the feeling that he could race next weekend. I still don't know what happened. Don't even know what the injuries are. I reached out to uh, somebody in the NASCAR world last night. I said, can you help me out with any of these injuries? And he said, we don't even know. But it looked so bad. It looked horrible. They brought out the black tarp, and I went, you don't bring out the black tarp unless something's really, really bad. And Jeff Gordon was almost moved to tears, it felt like. But Ryan Newman holding his daughter's hands, walking out of the hospital. It's a great sight to see. Really amazing. All right, so Seton, you got something that's uh, guaranteed to uh, have people despise you. I think so. I do a lot on the show to make that happen anyway. Uh, okay. But I, I like when sometimes you go, I'll go through the email box, I'll say something like what I'm about to say, and I'll see, like, I always thought I hated Seton, but now I know I do. Okay. All right. Give me your premise here. Well, there's just certain bands or artists that are beloved. Everybody loves this band, and I can't, or, or this artist, and I can't really, I don't get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Coldplay. No. Coldplay's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> well, they're, they're only wonderful because they're Radiohead and U2, which they basically stole from. And both who I love. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, I'm pulling. I'm basing this off, I think I've overheard Seton say this before. Mm. And here's the thing. I think he's a fan of the person who fronts this band as a, as a maybe a person. <laughs> a, an individual. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I think Seton thinks that the Foo Fighters are quite overrated. I think. I think the Foo Fighters are extremely overrated. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They have one great song. Okay. Right. Everlong. And then other than that, it's so really like just Dave like... Grohl. I, Dave Grohl is awesome, and, and he's a great drummer. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really get a lot of those songs. I'm like, people really like this, or is this like a bit? 
Hot, 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 hot. Okay. Uh, the other one is what the one that I think I'll get in trouble for. Elvis Presley. Oh, man, no, but you're, man, are you sniffing right around. The, it, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Don't get it. Okay. I really? don't get it. Yeah. I really don't. I think it's like there must be something about an era or uh, uh, like some place in time, but I just don't get why people are like just obsessed with Frank Sinatra. I never got it either. I just don't hear it. Uh, I've, I've, I've actually listened to more Sinatra in the last two months than I probably did in my previous life. All my years added up. I'm trying to figure it out. Because, they, I mean, he's a wonderful performer, there, but that whole era there and, you know, the Rat Pack and all of that, um, I just kind of go, okay. I mean, can you imagine somebody like that now, like just with the voice? Well, you do. You have Michael Buble. Yeah, Buble feels like he could actually sing. <laughs> wow. Wow. We are on fire. As Springsteen would say, I'm on fire. Yes, boy. I, I think, you know, if you don't like that style of music, but I think you have to remember Frank Sinatra was a young, very good-looking guy. And he was he fronted bands like Tommy Dorsey's band and Harry James' band. And he was so handsome on these newsreels that they used to play yeah. that he became a celebrity, almost like a breakout celebrity. Imagine someone being in an ensemble band now and just being that breakout person. Harry Justin Stiles. Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. You know, it's, Justin Timberlake's a pretty good – he was with a bunch of other famous people, famous musicians, but he broke out and became a singular person. And at the time, he's considered a sex symbol. Yeah. Yes. Todd. And we talk about sports nicknames. When you have the boss and chairman of the board, that's a couple of heavy hitters when you look at the musical nicknames. Yeah. That's pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate Sinatra, but he's not somebody that yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go, hey, you know, I'd like to listen to some. I, I've had to say to myself, because my wife will go, what's the Springsteen kick? I said, I'm, I'm trying to like him. And she goes, isn't it late? I go, no, it's not too late. I'm kind of like that with the Grateful Dead. I don't get it. I don't get the Grateful Dead. I don't get it. That That's more of a, that's an event. Yeah. Like that, it's like you, a whole lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And I, I'm, not, I'm not big on that. Grateful Dead would be the band I go, I, I just don't get. Overrated. Uh, a couple of phone calls. Uh, Sean in California. Hi, Sean. What do you have for me today? Good morning, DP. How are you? Good, sir. Right on. I just wanted to throw a band out there. I thought they're overrated my entire life. I've been advocating my whole adult life. The Red Hot Chili Peppers cannot stand them at all. Okay. All right. Yeah, see. I think that's fair. I, I don't know that they've aged well. One great album. Yeah. What yeah. is that? Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic? Right. Something like that. That was a great album. Great album. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only interesting thing now is Anthony Kiedis' hair. Like his haircuts, he had that one that he looked like uh, Mo from the Three Stooges, yeah. where it just and I love Flea, and Flea has a book out now. Like he's he's fascinating to me. It's so interesting too. Whenever uh, we'll go to Los Angeles a lot, and I'll listen to the radio there, and it's basically just a rotation of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sublime, and Rise Against. <laughs> it's like the only three bands that exist in the greater Los Angeles area. <laughs> Richard in California joins us. Dan, Dan, have any of those haters, Bruce haters, ever seen them live? It's just unbelievable. It, it just changed my whole outlook on Bruce Springsteen. 
Todd, I mean, his concerts are unbelievable. Todd, do you want to respond? I to have not seen him live. I'm sure he. I've seen like on TV, like very, but like never live. But uh, that's great that he has. You know, I'll go to Cirque du Soleil with him if I want to see mm-hmm. theatrics. I just I want to be able to enjoy the music and be able to close my eyes and appreciate it. If it but somehow becomes better because he's swinging from a trapeze. He's but, not. But you're you're so misinformed on Springsteen and concert. What, what is what is he doing exactly? That's like so amazing. His energy, and he plays for four hours sometimes. That's the least you can do for a crowd. Any musician's oh got to run around, and like you're getting paid all that money for a couple hours, then you got to like put on a show. Yes, he. But you just said before about how you appreciate that Hall and Oates just stand still and I the do. music shines. Through. I do, but it sounds like there are others. You know, they sold out Broadway for you. It sounds like there are people that enjoy the theatrical. But I don't need crazy it's, costumes, it's Lady Gaga. Con- it's not theatrics. Springsteen just gives you your money's worth. Why does Lady Gaga wear crazy costumes? Why can't the music just stand on its own? Well, it does. She does. She does both. You know what? That's another one that I don't get. Crazy costumes. Not super into Kiss. Oh, I was never into kids. Not super into no, kids. No, no, no. People they, love them. Oh, yeah, but that that was, you know, you were in the uh, the KISS Army is yeah. what you were in. I remember my brother was actually a member of the KISS Army. I love it. And I would be like, he would have his bedroom down the hall, and I'd crank Zeppelin down at my end, and he'd have KISS at his end. And I'd go, oh, you're going to lose this battle. Yeah, Paulie. I love Prissy's philosophy of attending a concert so he can close his eyes and listen to the music. <laughs> the only reason you go to the concert is to see the actually uh, like play with I, your eyes. Valid point. Uh, otherwise, saying, you should never attend a concert if you're, you're going to close the, your the eyes. Mu- the music needs to stand on its own. And then if you want to add some why around. To, but why go to the concert? Why not just listen to their music? You could, but I guess just to say you did or to the atmosphere. Have you're around you, fellow people that enjoy that music. and so that's, that's Have you been to a concert this century? I think I might have seen a whole like in the early 2000s. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw, actually, you know what? I saw Billy Joel and Elton John and the two pianos at the Great Western Forum in L.A. where the Lakers used to play in Inglewood. Both pianos slowly come up from the stage, and they're facing each other, and they're playing okay, each wait, other's wait, songs. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, what year was that? I think that was like 2003. I don't know. Okay, and second of all, doesn't Elton John have costumes, and isn't it about theatrics with Elton John? His... I, I like Elton John's music, and if he wants to wear, like, the giant glasses and have, like, sparkly clothes and everything, oh, so that's he can do it. Oh, so he can do it. I'm saying if you're relying on that, saying forget about how not good my music is. Look at Todd, the crazy hat I'm wearing. Todd, you're a fraud. You're, you're fraud, Fritz. I think the theatrics— I'm not going to call you Todd anymore. You're fraud. Costumes and theatrics, to me, is like covering up the, you know, the essence, which is the actual music. The music should stand on its own. Springsteen doesn't have a costume. Michael Jackson's music was great, and he did, but you know he didn't have to do the moonwalk or any of those things. But it certainly enhanced the performance at the, you know at the award shows and everything. Like, oh my if God! Michael Jackson would have stand there motionless. He would not have a career. He was a very good singer, and his songs were very good. But his moves were half of the show. Alan in New Mexico joins us. Hi, Alan. What do you have for me? Hey, DP. Good morning. You guys just cracking me up. I'm loving this. <laughs> The, uh, oh, uh, six foot 170 pounds. I, I called about the, there it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Fritzy. You know, I, I grew up in the sixties listening to guys like Black Sabbath and, and, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin and Cream and, and then, then came Grand Funk. And, and I never saw any of those guys, but I just loved the music. So the, the visual thing didn't, didn't matter in terms of me falling in love with that music, but, this Bruce Springsteen thing, in the, I'm a musician, and in the 70s, I was playing country music, so I really was totally out of tune with what was going on. And then 
you know, later on, way down the line, when when uh, they had an anniversary celebration here for uh, for 9/11 in 2002, our country band was we played in the football. Wait, wait, no, no, Alan, I can't, I can't. I, I, I I'm going to take phone calls, but it can't be storytelling time. Just get to your point here, okay? But thank you, Alan. He agrees with you, Fritzy. As well, he should. Yeah. Bob in Wisconsin. Or is it Rob in Wisconsin? Rob, welcome to the program. It's Rob. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Bob. Uh, 61180. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on Springsteen. When you see Springsteen live, it's unbelievable. And over the past 50 years, he's done nearly 2,200 shows. And they're going to be close to four hours each. Um, and he does not mail it in. He puts it out there. You can tell. He is giving it his all in every show. I, I and, uh, thank you, Rob. I, I I don't want to be defending Springsteen. We shouldn't have to. It's like defending the Beatles. I mean, it's just my opinion, and you have your opinion, and that's fine, you know. But to to say you don't like him because he wears costumes and there's theatrics, then you're just wrong. I would love for you to go to a concert and just experience that. I'm sure I'd be very now, impressed I've seen, by his energy. I've seen Hall & Oates in concert. Yeah, they're not going to give you a jumping jacks or flip around and, like, the first ten rows are going to get hit with their sweat. That's not going to happen. You're not going to get that with Hall & Oates. I've seen them in concert several so times. So they just stand there motionless. Now, I, don't think, I don't think they mail it in, though. I think they're saying this no, is no, our music no, and, no. you know, we, we, we don't Hall need to run is, Hall & Oates is a wonderful, they're wonderful performer. Couldn't they just play a tape, though, with Todd? Because Todd's got his eyes closed. Todd they don't, they he, don't have to show up. He, they could lip sync. Todd wouldn't know. It doesn't even have to be like a CD. It's like a cassette. Yeah, thing. you just close your eyes and just let the music wash hold over Hold my you. phone up and my lighter. If I figure out how to use a lighter, hold it up and look at me. Fraud. You're not Todd. You're fraud. Nice. Yeah. More like fraud. fraud. <laughs> you're kind of pulling a pretty. I know that. I am. You're not Todd. It's you're not fraud. Todd. It's fraud. I could be fraud. wrong. I can't imagine fraud. what he does in a concert that like his energy that would make me all of a sudden love his music that much more. That for three four hours, you know, God bless him. He's and his age, he can still run around like that. That's great. That's a nice. But why don't you listen to his music? You don't have to go to a concert. Just. No, but it sounds like if I went live, all of a sudden I would be a huge Bruce Springsteen fan because of his four hours of not mailing it in and running around the stage and interacting with the crowd or whatever he does. Nobody said he ran around the stage. Well, he's doing something that's wowing everybody. You have to see him live. He plays for four hours. He plays all of his hits. He, I'll say this. Springsteen concerts are a little long. <laughs> that's wow. Awesome. There is a certain time where you're wow. like, good God, there's another one? We get wow. it. He's got a lot of songs. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. A little long. Does he like juggle fire? Like, is he like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out what he does. He's like, <laughs> he's a professional. You should try it. Wow, zing, fraud, That's not necessary. fraud, fraud. Call me unprofessional because I don't love Bruce Springsteen. That's Todd, weak. Todd, you come back. You sit here motionless during the show. <laughs> what am I supposed you to do? Don't move. Juggle? I don't know. It's, it's a it's a show where it's a TV and show. It's a TV show. I don't, too. But wouldn't you find it odd if I had some like bowling pins on fire and I started flipping them around? No, that try would be strange. It. Like, what are you doing? You should be sitting there. Try what are you, it. Why are you juggling burning pins? Paulie, would you go get some gasoline and bowling pins? I'm on it. Yeah. Because it's, it's a show. It's talking and listening. That's what we're just talking and listening. <laughs> if I stood up and started like shadow boxing, you got to think someone would have a raised eyebrow. What is Fritzy on some kind of medication? Just when we What's go out to the basketball floor, we're always because I'm over 50 and I can't I can't move very well and I've got like you know joints issues. And, and how old is Springsteen? 
That's what I'm saying. I used 70. Is that the thing? Like, wow, you see him. The guy's 84, and he could run around and flip around like that. Is that the? Is that what we're saying? Why you have to go see him in concert? Fraud. What are you going to do during the live look-in here coming up? Sounds like I got to do something. I mean, I don't know. Like, what can you do? I don't have that many skills. You I'm tried to lift weights. Out. How about you just entertain the audience by yourself? This look-in is just yours. How you would entertain somebody, okay? I share long-winded stories while I was in Tulsa. <laughs> and, uh, listen, no, you do that on the air. We don't have to do wow. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. If you're watching on Audience Channel 239, Direct TV, or BR Live, it's all Todd. Get your popcorn ready. Todd will entertain you during the uh, live look-in. We'll take a break. I want to get to this uh, Emmett Smith advising Dak Prescott on taking less money with the Cowboys. Interesting. And ironic. Have that for you coming up right up to this. If you have a lot of student loan debt, and I know a lot of you really do, uh, I need to tell you about this company. It's called Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. And so they're basically this great company. They're helping people get out of student loan debt. And if you've got student loan debt, you could really benefit from going to Credible.com. With a lower rate, you can save on interest. You can lower your monthly payment. And with a shorter loan term, you can get debt-free faster. Consolidate all your student loan bills in one place, and it's just this incredible peace of mind that you surely need. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better the lives have been since refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 lenders, and it only takes a couple of minutes to check the rates. So go to Credible.com slash Dan. That's Credible, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Dan. And when you refinance your student loans via Credible, they'll give you a $200 gift card. Just fill in a couple of pieces of info to check what rates you're eligible for. Again, that is Credible.com slash Dan. Refinance your student loans and start saving. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com. Clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Not being told to, but I feel obligated to maybe getting back to sports here. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Todd entertained everybody, or at least tried to, during the uh, live look in there. You were singing some Hall & Oates. I gave it a shot. Yeah, well done. Don't do it again. Uh, Emmett Smith, Hall of Fame running back, the all-time leading rusher, Dallas Cowboys star, was on uh, Adam Lefko's uh, show. And he had this to say about Dak Prescott's contract demand. Dak has to understand and maybe take another perspective. The perspective may not be all the money that you yeah. get. It may be how much of the money you will to live on the table because the Cowboys is a marketable organization. And so if you got all that extra money. So if you are the face of the franchise, would it not, instead of taking 35, would you take 28 and leave some for Amari and pick up the other 35 through endorsements? You know, I understand the logic there. I don't understand the logic coming from Emmett Smith because Emmett once – held out of multiple regular season games in order to uh, get the contract he wanted. So he was holding out back in 1993. He was in a stalemate with Jerry Jones. He decided to sit out the first two games of the season 
Cowboys started out 0-2, and then Jerry Jones cracked and gave Emmitt Smith his demands. And uh, he was paid four years, a $13 million deal, and that made him the highest-paid running back in the NFL at the time. I, I understand, you know, Dak Prescott didn't benefit because he was a fourth-round draft pick. I understand that. Like, he didn't get paid, now he wants to get paid. But I've also said that he, because he's a fourth-round draft pick, he went to a team that was built for Tony Romo. That was a playoff team. It was already built. If, if Dak Prescott plays for Tampa Bay, he's just a, he's just a nice player. He's got the best line in football. You've got a good running back. You've got an owner who's going to pay, and you're marketable. Do you need 35 just because your agent wants you to get 35 or 40, whatever it is? You're marketable. You're valuable because you're the Cowboys' starting quarterback. If this means you can keep other guys in, in, you know, employed by the Cowboys and continue to make you, you're only as relevant as your team's success. I mean, Tony Romo became a success story because the Cowboys were successful. If they weren't, then Tony Romo, we would never have heard of him. He would not be doing the CBS game with Jim Nance. He just wouldn't. Troy Aikman is doing Fox games because they won Super Bowls. If they didn't do anything, if they weren't successful, Troy Aikman would not be doing these games with Joe Buck. Jason Witten got the Monday night job because... He's the Cowboys' tight end. Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer, charismatic. He won Super Bowls. Then he got into the Hall of Fame. Now he's marketable because of that, and he's on the NFL Network. So you have Cowboy players who have been able to market themselves because they are former Cowboys. Emmett Smith, all-time leading rusher, does a lot of commercials, tried to be an analyst. He wasn't a good analyst, but... You know, for him to say, hey, take less money, if this came from Troy Aikman, then I, I would buy this. But coming from Emmett, I'm not buying it. Didn't Emmett sit out after they had won a Super Bowl? So you had a Super Bowl winning team, and then he decided he was going to sit out the first couple of games so he could get his money? Dak Prescott, I think, in my opinion, if, if, if he asked me for advice, I'd say, get what you're comfortable with. But understand, your, your players around you are going to make you even greater. If you win a Super Bowl, it'll be unbelievable for you. Like You'll be ticketed for success the rest of your life if you win a Super Bowl as a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. Can you get Amari Cooper paid? You know, approach this as a businessman, and the Cowboys are your business right now. Because what's going to happen with Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes Mahomes is going to get paid, and I'm all for everybody getting as much as they can possibly get. But if it's going to hurt your team, then that's going to hurt Patrick Mahomes as he moves forward. And then in five years we go, he hadn't been back to a Super Bowl because they're probably going to have to franchise tag Chris Jones. I'm going to guess somebody's, there's going to be casualties on the Kansas City Chiefs. And then we're going to find out, how great Mahomes is because he might have to do more with less. And this is what Brady has always done. He gave a hometown discount, and because he won, if Brady wins two Super Bowls and, and he doesn't win another Super Bowl, we're not looking at him as the greatest player of all time. Team success at that position is so marketable. Of all the sports, 
It's you're so marketable because you win. And that's what I would want Dak Prescott to understand, which I'm sure he does. You know, but your agents want your agent wants to set the stand. He wants to get publicity here. He wants to go, hey, we got $40 million. Okay. If you start to lose guys on defense, can't bring back Amari Cooper, then all of a sudden, and, and look at the guys who have, can you go back and check the guys who have set the standard for salary, like the highest paid, how many of those guys make the playoffs that year that they get their highest paid dollar figure? Like, not everybody goes to the playoffs or, or has a great year after they do that. And there will be casualties. There, there will. But if Dak Prescott is, go for whatever you think you can get. But understand, there's ramifications. Like, how much is enough that I am proving that I'm a successful quarterback? I'm a, he wants to be mentioned as a great quarterback. And he's not. He's a good quarterback. But he has a chance to be a very good quarterback playing on a very good team. He, he doesn't carry a team. That's not how they're built. But if, if he, they're going to pay him $40 million, okay. I, I would franchise him, and, you know, then I would try to figure this out. Or I'd franchise him two more years. Because do I want to give him five that's going to be $200 million? If you're sold on it, great. He needs weapons. Jason Witten uh, is planning on playing one more year, which I wouldn't want him back if I'm the Cowboys. You know, if he wants to coach, great, but not as my starting tight end. And then who are my wide receivers? That's what is going to be interesting with the Dallas Cowboys. But Emmett giving him advice on taking less, I found that ironic. A little hypocritical. You know, Dak's not holding out, quitting on his team to get, get his contract taken care of. Final hour coming up. More phone calls. And we'll talk to Bob Costas, get some thoughts on uh, the Astros. People are calling Fritzy uh, overrated with his live looking. <laughs> overrated. Fraud. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. 